Hello, Faith family. Uh, we are on our panel discussion today going through Ecclesiastes. I have Matthew and Dan, and I'm Daniel. Uh, so I'm going to head up our discussion, and we're going to just dive right in. So I just, I just want to open it up. Uh, what, what stood out to you guys um, that you want to uh, just discuss, and uh, what, what was helpful? Well, I thought that that last quote, the, the takeaway, was uh, very powerful, Piper-esque almost, in uh, just pithiness, but the cure for disillusionment with the earth is infatuation with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that's why I, I know Kyle has some reservations about Ecclesiastes, because it can be so depressing in so many ways, but I, I, I've just been encouraging, like, this is what we need to hear, because it's, it's almost like we, we in Christianity, we almost rush to that Instagram Christianity. We just want the uplifting and the encouraging and all that. But sometimes a book like Ecclesiastes, where we just wallow in the futility and emptiness of life apart from Christ, it, it, it is so good. And when we come out from that bath of just depressingness, now all of a sudden we're able to actually appreciate the good gifts of this life mm-hmm. and have that solid joy knowing that despite the, the tragedies and the, and the injustices of this life, we can have hope based on that prompt through Christ of a better uh, future in eternity. So um, that's just so good. And again, it's just that we, we've been saying that in a lot of these panels, how Kyle is taking Old Testament literature, especially downer literature, uh, and, he is, and he is doing all justice to the scriptures, helping us see how it points to Christ, even, even in here, how Christ is the cure for the meaninglessness that we feel in life uh, apart from him. Uh, so that's great. That, that last quote is uh, like a money quote. Just something else he, he's in this passage earlier is something I've been thinking about ever since a couple summers ago. I did, I, uh, did vacation Bible school, and it, and it was a jungle theme, so I did all about lions. And of course, over preparing, I did basically a theology of lions. <laughs> and uh, one of the one of the things is just you know there's there's noble characteristics of lions, but then the just sometimes the viciousness and the selfishness because they're animals. I mean they're magnificent creatures, but the, if you actually watch uh, as I have several nature programs on lions. It's just they're looking out for themselves. They're, they want to mate so they can carry on their line. They want to, uh, they see other animals as a source of food, and they will do whatever it takes to advance themselves, to, to feed their needs. And it's, it's savagery, and we see so much of that. And, and human beings are not mere animals. We are created in the image of God. As Kyle mentioned today, we have this sense of justice, and, and, we, and we're uh, outraged when we see injustice in the world. And, uh, and but to, to, one way we can describe people who are living apart from uh, a sense of justice are people who are just acting like animals. They're just whatever they can get away with, whatever will serve their needs in the short term or even in the long term, it's all about them. And they see other people uh, not for what they can do for them and how they can be gracious to them, what they can get out of them. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that imagery of animal, like is man just an animal? Yeah, well, if... If, if there is no God and there is no eternal soul, then yeah, we are just basically uh, advanced animals. Um, and just letting that sink in about like how life apart from Christ, we are just animals. We're, and, and that explains a lot of the, the animal-like behavior that we see in the world today. is people who have either internalized that or for whatever reason, they just look out for their own interests and, and they have no fear of God in their minds. They, they basically do act like animals. And so uh, Solomon, in all his wisdom, as he's contemplating that kind of human condition, can make that comparison mm-hmm. there legitimately. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I, I think that the, the sermon this morning cuts so hard against the, the popular prosperity oh, yeah. gospel. I mean, mm-hmm. I learned today, uh, you know, 
I've known this, but, but if, if, if they didn't know this before, you know today that your life uh, will be a, a disappointment, mm. that there will be injustice. You'll see it in your own life. You'll see it in other people's lives around you. But Kyle brought it to the gospel as always. And uh, you know, we know that we need to uh, place our, our final hope in the cross. Mm. And um, you know, God will punish evil. He will do justice. God is just. And that's something that, that I took away from, from this text. I also, I also thought there was a, a note that Kyle made at the beginning of the sermon when he was talking about how Solomon would, he would throw out all this just negative, negative, and then every once in a while he would throw in this, you know, a, a super positive verse. And it was like this schizophrenic kind of thing. And Kyle, I think he just hit the nail on the head when he said that, that, um, that Solomon knew the truth but was living in error. And I think that describes so many people, a lot of people who yes. call themselves Christians, yeah. who they know the truth, they've known it their whole lives, but they're living in error, and it kind of creates this, this spiritual schizophrenia. Like James them. says, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you're mm -hmm. trying to, to have it both ways, you're going to be unstable. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's, yeah, it reminds me, I had a mentor that one, talk, one time talked about the, the biggest gap uh, that's the 18 inch gap between your your head and your heart mm -hmm. um, we know it is true but how often do we just <laughs> fail to do what is true so no thank you that that's great you know we had uh the the sermon title was disillusioned with the earth um so there was injustice can make you disillusioned oppression envy um something that's that's just struck me time and time again not just in reading ecclesiastes but then going through this series it's just it's just how cynical Solomon is, mm. but but then it's and, and uh, it, it's been made clear in the sermons that Christians really are are some of the most uh, cynical people, but about the things that we should be cynical yes. about. Mm. Mm, that's good. And yeah. so so there's a sense where healthy cynicism. Yes, <laughs> I mean because you, you walk around like I'm I'm in the I'm in the army and I mean if any place breeds cynicism it's <laughs> it is the army. Um, it's just incredible to me. Uh, but but we would say a, a good Christian would say, according to Ecclesiastes, like you're not cynical enough. Yeah, yeah. You need to be more cynical mm. because life is worse than you even think it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so so Christianity on on both levels, both positively, like life is way better than you think it is, mm -hmm. and life mm -hmm. is way worse than you think it is. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's just something that's been so striking to me in going through Ecclesiastes. Mm. So. Um, what, one of the things that, one of the applications that Kyle gave to us was uh, I look at your job like a mission field. So I want to open that up to, to both of you all. Uh, Dan, if I could hear just military context, how does that look? And then um, Matthew, you as well, just in the various jobs that you've, that you've had and held in, in the secular workforce. Uh, what does that look like? So, Dan, I'll yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of similarities in the Army as just like another secular workforce. I mean, I've... I've worked all kinds of jobs, whether it was a bagger at Kroger back in the day or, you know, uh, in D.C. with political people, uh, in a law firm, student teaching in the public school. Um, but So there's a lot of things that are just very similar. You're surrounded by people who are either uh, explicitly not Christian or they're just like some kind of nominal self-identify as Christian, but they're, uh, they don't really give any evidence of true faith. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's an amazing opportunity. And uh, if, you're if you're just seeking to, to live... Uh, maintain that relationship with the Lord. Sometimes we make it so much harder than it needs to be. If you're seeking to, to walk uh, with the Lord and you're, tr and you're not being a legalist, but you're trying to fight your sin because not out of uh, pride, but out of wanting to please God sincerely, 
you should stand out. You should look different. Um, uh, there should be something different. Now, we don't want to just settle for lifestyle evangelism. Um, and so we want to, uh, as, the, the, as the scripture says, be, always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. Um, and whether that's through evangelism training or just basically just telling your story and making sure to, to include the gospel in that story. Um, but, you know, the, the, there's different challenges. Like, there can be different challenges. Like, if you're a high-ranking uh, officer and you're talking to a lower-ranking uh, enlisted soldier, it, it just depends. Like, there, there are times where it's, where it's uh, appropriate for people across ranks, uh, depending on the circumstances, to just have a personal conversation about where they're from or just, you know, certain personal where it's not inappropriate. In those circumstances, to be willing to talk about your church family or, uh, you know, how your faith is important. And sometimes you can immediately, as soon as you bring up matters of faith, some people will just immediately freeze up and you can tell they don't want to talk about that and you can be respectful of that knowing that you'd love to go further if they gave you permission to do that. And sometimes they'll sound genuinely curious, and then you just keep going until you can actually explain uh, the gospel. You know, you're not just a religious person who's naturally good, but here, here's the gospel. And you just look for opportunities. You always want to be prepared. Again, that's one of the reasons that you try to, uh, to uh, treat people the way you ought to, not just because it's the right thing to do and it pleases the Lord, but so that you can have a, a witness where you can but yeah, you see a lot of cynicism. You'll, you'll see a lot of obstacles in the military, whether it's just lots of negative peer pressure, especially at lower enlisted, but there's the, its own kind of careerist um, uh, peer pressure that we often see in the officer ranks too. Um, whether it's the pressure that, oh, if you're religious, you're, all, you're weak and you need a crutch, or people just have all kinds of crazy ideas. You, know, you, you, do, you know, Sometimes you bring up your faith and then people want to have an uh, off-the-wall conversation about how they think <laughs> Jesus was a space alien, and you're like, oh, what have I gotten myself <laughs> into? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, wherever you uh, have a field where you, it feels most darkest and hardest, sometimes it's so much easier to be light there uh, because people notice a difference in you. Yes. And, um, and uh, you just constantly, if you love the gospel, you'll look for opportunities to share the gospel. And there's plenty of instances where in the course of a work, whether it's secular work or certainly in the military, where you have the opportunity to talk about where you're from, where you went to school, um, you know, what, what, what you're into, what you do uh, in your free time, what you did on the weekend. And just, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, holier than thou, but just be honest about what's about important to you. And it's, it can be just that simple. Yes. Yeah. Right, thank you. Matthew, what about you? Yeah, so obviously I don't, I don't do a lot of evangelism at work. Uh, I'm not evangelizing. I'm not evangelizing. But, I, you know, I have worked in, in secular uh, uh, capacities before. I worked in the music industry for a little while, and that is certainly uh, not a, a, a gospel-filled uh, area. Um, I can't imagine, you know, I'm, I'm not in the military, and the, the rank structure of the military, I'm sure, is heightened even more so than, you know, a kid coming out of college, but still coming out of college and working with a bunch of people who are older than me, where I'm the lowest guy on the totem pole. That's a difficult place to be if you want to evangelize. Uh, I've heard the, the adage, I can't remember who said it, but um, it's a terrible one, so I'm going to preface it with that, but it's uh, preach, the God, or preach Christ and if necessary, use words. All right, like, Francis of Assisi. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, I, I like, we sing some Francis of Assisi songs. We're not going to say that quote, though. That's, it's not a great, I mean, it's, it's a great... If you unpack it, like, so much sure. to an absurd level, it's okay. Right, yeah. People do. People kind of just quote that, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to go to work, and I'm just going to be nice to everybody, and that's just going to be how, how I evangelize. Eventually, someone will, yeah. will ask me, 
uh, you know, about the hope that lives within me. I'm like, well, maybe, but you could work there for 20 years and, and people, uh, I heard a story once, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a personal evangelism class at the moment right now, and our, our professor told a story uh, about a man who had worked in a certain business for, for 20 years, and uh, he, he, one of the guys that he worked, who worked for him became a Christian. And he was going around telling everybody in the office, hey, I've become a Christian. And the, his boss said, whoa, great. I'm a Christian too. And he goes, you've been a Christian this whole time? And he goes, yeah, well, I just thought, I just thought maybe you were a vegetarian or something. <laughs> there was just something different about him. And, uh, you know, that was, yeah. that was, you know, they just didn't know that it was Christ. So you have to be, yes. you have to be explicit at least, about. At least you should want to give the message. Because the, it's the message right. that's going to save their soul, not your lifestyle. But certainly it's, it's, it's not either or. You want to do both. You right. want to have a lifestyle evangelism, always looking for that opportunity right, to right. give the message behind. Well, and it, and it lays the groundwork, yes. too. So when I worked in, in a particular... Work and tear uh, down your testimony if you don't have that's it. What it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's really what it was. When I, when I worked uh, for half a year in, in the music industry, and I would go in. I did not like the job, mm -hmm. but I would go in... And I would park my car and I would pray for the people mm. in the building. I would pray that God would give me opportunities to, to evangelize or to at least just, to just show that there, there was something different about me. Mm. Um, and, and that helped me not necessarily you know, go up to, to, to climb the ladder. I didn't want to climb that ladder. But it, it, it allowed for me to um, stay in that job longer and wait for the right, you know, wait for the next opportunity because I was giving myself uh, uh, to God every morning, giving Him an opportunity to say, "There's a purpose for you being here." And uh, I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to evangelize anybody mm -hmm. uh, in that office. But, um, but I think that had I had that opportunity, that groundwork would have been yes. laid. I hadn't, uh, you know, completely blown it beforehand and that's a difficult place to be if, oh, yeah. if, if you know you go out drinking with somebody yeah, on yeah. Friday night and you all get hammered and then you come back <laughs> in on Monday morning you're like let me tell you about Jesus and it's like well I just saw you yeah, okay yeah, yeah. Well, that's great that, that's just a practical thing where people you know I was thinking of people who are really struggling uh, finding fulfillment in their job but honestly those of us who enjoy our jobs we would all do well to just make that a consistent matter of prayer is being an evangel uh, evangelism in the workplace. Yes, mm -hmm. great. Now, thank you both for that. So, yeah, I, I, and, and the sermon uh, was clear with this, of, of putting Christ on the, on the table. Um, I think there's a misnomer when we think about, like, oh, I've got to share the gospel with this person. We think, man, I have to go through every facet of the gospel in this one conversation or I'm going <laughs> to blow it. And so much of life just doesn't, I mean, I, I, could, I have incomplete conversations all the time, just about everything, let, let alone uh, the work of Christ in my life. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciated that from, from the text of just, just putting Christ on the table yes. of, of what God has done for us. Even if it, yeah, hey, I went to church this weekend. It can be yeah. that, if that is a conversation starter, then that's excellent. I, I think we have two extremes when we talk about personal evangelism. And it's so important. Like none of us, whether we feel like we have the gift of evangelism or not, we're all, as uh, some of my Presbyterian friends told me years ago, the Great Commission's in our Bible too. You know, we are all commanded to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. I think we fall into two extremes. Either we don't put enough pressure on ourselves and we feel like, oh, that's for somebody else, or we put too much pressure on it. And we're like, oh, I got to make every single interaction with a human being this awkward, do you know Jesus? Mm -hmm. Are you sure you'd go, you know, if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Not that those aren't wrong questions to use in certain contexts. But yeah, I, I like what you say. Like, yes, just you speak a word, whether it's just admitting that you went to church 
or at least starting to get to the gospel. And then you just appreciate those times where for whatever reason you have an extended period of time and you can like try to cover all the bases and the person's genuinely uh, interested in what you have to say. You just rejoice in those opportunities. Yeah. Yes. It's important to go through life being evangelistically minded. Yeah. Uh, always knowing that there are opportunities. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes I'll be like, I haven't had an opportunity to share Christ in six months. And then someone, you know, I, I started a, an evangelism class and I'm required to. Yeah. So I'm always thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I shared Christ like four times this week. Yeah. And it's like, I, I didn't do anything. I'm not putting myself in any new situations or anything. I'm just, I'm paying more attention to uh, opportunities. And people say things, I'm like, well, they're open to this. They're open to me having a conversation with them. So I'll just, I'll just, Bring it right up. Yeah. And if, like you said, if they throw their shield up immediately, yeah. you don't need to go knock their door down or anything. Or it's like the guy, I was just going for a walk on the Greenway yesterday, kind of looking for some alone time to just walk and think <laughs> and everything. But this old 70-year-old guy strikes up a conversation about basics training, and so it'd be awkward to, like, walk away. Mm-hmm. So we chit-chat a little bit. Of course, I bring it. So, so you're from around the area. Did you have a church family? And, you know, he told me about his experience, not sure if he's truly a believer or if he had a religious experience. And I kept trying to bring it. I tried to articulate the gospel, at least in a nutshell, a couple different times. But he wanted to talk about, you know, what the book of Revelation is talking about and, and this other thing that was his hobby horse. And, you know, I listened to him politely. I made a couple efforts to talk about the gospel. Maybe he's a believer or maybe he's not. But, you know, sometimes they'll just, you'll just stumble into them. And even mm-hmm. if you, anytime you strike up a conversation, and it actually extends where you're actually getting to know the person. Well, what's something important to say about yourself? Well, you've got a church family or that you, you know the Lord and your faith is important to you. So yeah. it can be just that simple. Yeah. There are a lot of people who love to hear themselves talk. So oh, yeah. listen to them. You might, there might be an, an opening there for you to, to share the gospel. Yes, that's great. Well, uh, yeah, thank you all for, for joining us. And that, I, I, I hope that uh, the connection is made of... of uh, personal evangelism with uh, a sermon and a text like Ecclesiastes. There, there's injustice, there's a, oppression in the world, and, and we do, we know the, the one who frees mm. the oppressed and the one who will one day restore uh, all of that injustice. Uh, it, it is Jesus himself, and uh, what, what a greater hope that we have in, in true joy and a true, I would say, a true solvent against being thoroughly disillusioned mm. in an ungodly way is having the, the joy of Christ in us, the fact that we are on mission and we have the opportunity to share him uh, with, with whoever we come into contact with. So that is our prayer for you this week, that the Lord would, would put people in your life that you can uh, bring uh, his hope of salvation to in, in small ways and in big ways. So thank you so much, Faith Family. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.